Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nudges for Social Good podcast from the Local Government Association. My name is Rian Gladman and I manage the Behaviour Change Programme here at the LGA. So those of us who listen to us regularly will know that our aim at the podcast is to demystify behaviour change and behavioural insights and help councils to actually take the practical lessons from other council projects and implement them in your own council. So today I am joined by a good friend of the Nudges for Social Good podcast, um, Tim Pierce, who people will remember who listen to us regularly. He was the first guest we featured on the podcast on our very first episode. Great to have you back with us, Tim. How are you? Thanks, Rian. Hi, everyone. Yeah, very good. Thanks. It's, it's, it's brilliant to be back. Um, yeah, really excited to sort of talk a bit more about what I started talking about last time, really. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. So, yeah, out to other guests there. Once you've been on once, we, you know, we're always happy to to have you back so we can hear about the next steps of, of how your projects have, have progressed. So, excellent stuff, Tim. Do you want to start by um, setting up what is your job title at the council? What's your role? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, it's um, behavioural science by name, behavioural science by nature. So, so my, um, my, my full title these days is um, uh, behavioural science and service design lead because um, I'm this. I'm a behavioural scientist, but I also have um, a couple of so service designers uh, working for me. Great stuff. Great stuff. And and yeah, over to you, really, just to, to set out the project that you you're going to talk to us about. I know it's it's this. You know, you've been working on a more proactive approach to local residents to encourage payment of council tax, and and this is something that a lot of councils are really interested to learn more about. So so really, over to you. So to give a little bit um, to place me in, in the organisation, so I work for the London Borough of Barking and Dagenham um, and um, uh, I sit in the Insight and Innovation Hub, which is um, uh, has a data part of the team um, full of data scientists and, and me, which is sort of the innovation support kind of um, bit of the team. And so we were always really interested in um, um, how the sort of uh, the sort of the well data science, behavioral science, and um, service design all all mixed together. And, and I think that that this work has kind of um, combined um, all of those a little bit. Um, and so so yeah, um, as I mentioned in the intro, the the thing um, uh, I thought might be interesting was be to kind of revisit all the all the the kind of things I was talking about in the first podcast. So. Um, uh, again, if people listen to it, um, I was getting very excited about um, debt um, and how this is a kind of early indicator for need, how um, a lot of people that are in debt are in debt to the council, so we know who they are. Um, and a lot of councils will have the capacity to support people um, in debt, which A, can um, prevent them having poor outcomes in relation to their debt. Um, you know, court and all, and bailiffs and, and those uh, nasty things, but but also, um, you know, um, it, it, it seems to us like um, debt also drives other types of demand um, into the council and uh, potentially compounding problems with um, children's or adult social care uh, and, and things like that. So, um, as you mentioned, uh, Ria, we're very interested in in whether we can be a bit more proactive um, in our debt response. We have a a council tax team and we do um uh you know until recently you did council tax just like um most other places which is you know you, you miss a payment you get a first reminder and then a final reminder and then and then it's court kind of thing um but you know with our um with community solutions where we have a kind of single front door for the council we want to connect 
our you know debt advice service with with our um, let's say the the council tax service in that we know when people are slipping into into debt are there some are there some part of that group that we could um we could kind of proactively help not get them into court sort you know um sort them out and um and then um you know they can get on with their lives and um and uh, hopefully never have to um go to court or anything like that basically um so the work that um we did started earlier um, this year um so as i'm sure everyone will be aware um much debt um collection was paused in um, 2020 um sorry in, in 2019 because of the pandemic um in 2020 we um, early 2020 we started um co collecting um again um and so the question you know the question is like how do we do that um, we had a lot of people, many more people in debt um, to the council than usual. Um, and I guess from a kind of behavioural science perspective, my um, sense was that a lot of people would just be burying their heads in, heads in the sand. So a lot of people would be adversely affected. Um, they would uh, maybe be used to getting reminded from the council, but maybe not. Um, they will not have had the money to, to pay the, the entire balance. So, so many people will be on final reminder stage. They'd lost their right to, to pay by installments, so they've got quite a big bill. They can't pay it um, and, and feel a bit um, hopeless about it, I, I imagined. And so weren't picking up the phone. We're just sort of sort of sitting on it, basically, which is um, uh, not a good not a good place to, to be. And so, so Tim, sorry, yeah. sorry, just to please jump do, in. It. So is, in terms of the behavioural insight there, is this yeah you you say there was a hunch there of that might have been going on is it almost sort of an avoidance people get into an avoidance of a a problem if it's too big is is that what behavioral science is telling us yeah exactly exactly and you know if a problem seems too big to confront it's it's easy to to ignore it so you know when um there's kind of some interesting um evidence around um people who are who have a, for example a range of debts um, when they get a letter through the door, they often don't even look open it. It's actually worse to open it than to just chuck it straight in the bin. Um, so as you say, it's, there's something about um, the kind of avoidance and, and uh, kind of parking it to, to one side and forgetting about it that, that feels easier in the short term. Um, than actually facing up to the you know the potentially difficult um, the, the decisions or ramifications of you know of those debts basically. Okay, so so your original challenge, the behavioural challenge there, is to take a proactive approach to encouraging people to earlier in, earlier on sort of upstream to to pay their debts. So how did you go about gathering the insights and the research for this project? Yeah, so um, so I, we so basically the first thing was to look at um, you know how did this group of people who are who are not um, who are in debt to us on the council tax side compare to kind of pre you know um, people who are in debt to us in, in normal times and there were there was a you know it's all it's like you have the the, the people that are uh, sort of there in the usual times plus a whole set of other people. And it was the, is that group that we kind of wanted to target. So um, what we could do is we, we could cut that cohort and target the people we, we wanted and, and, and opted for people with kind of um, lower, lower levels of debt, 
that had been in more regular payments pre-pandemic, because our hypothesis was that, um, you know, um, those those people would be able to set up a payment plan. Um, again, if you're assuming people have their heads in the sand, um, you know, I think that's because they don't know that you can set up a payment plan for £20 a week if you really want to and you can't afford um, anything else, right? People just see this big bill for, you know, £1,000 or whatever and think that's the whole the whole thing. So so we did some work to look at the cohorts. We selected which bit of the of the group we wanted to target. And and ultimately, um, you know, the proactive, you know, the, the, the way we reached out to people, you know, it didn't contain specific you know, behavioral science techniques. We didn't sort of use loss aversion um, or, or a particular type of framing or anything, but it's more the, the fact that we kind of just wanted a more human approach. So if this, again, my hypothesis was that if you're in that situation, um, you know, letters with, with red ink will definitely work for some people, but for a lot, it also won't. And actually, if we can target a group of people that we think a sort of more kind of you know human relational approach would work with, um, we think we'd get a better better response. And so again, that's who we're targeting. We designed the approach in that way. So it's a very very light touch conversation of, um, uh, you know, sort of how are you doing, <laughs> how are you doing first of all, um, and then uh, and then again kind of trying to trying to frame it not as you owe us money, where is it, but think about. Um, you know, these were people basically at court stage. Um, so, you know, you're about to be summonsed um, or you have been summonsed in some cases. Um, you know, would you like to speak to someone on the, you know, council tax side about that? Have you, do you know about um, uh, payment plans? Um, you know, and, and there would be a bit of a wider conversation as well to sort of test kind of vulnerability. So if people, as I say, the focus of this pilot was around getting people who look like they probably could set up a payment plan um, to do so if possible. But you're always going to encounter people with large needs. Um, and so again, very much if that was um, encountered that, that we could sort of send those people directly to the support they need to be at debt advice, you know, adult intake. So, so that was a that was a part of it as well. So there's kind of a big um, supportive element to it as well. So the conversation, so your residents um, services team were contacting uh, residents. So did you provide some training for them before that conversation, before they started making those proactive calls? Yeah, we did. And everyone said, right, OK, right. Can you write us a full script, please? Um, and that seemed that seemed like a good idea for about five minutes until you start, actually sit down and, and try and write a script that feels human and relational. And then you quite quickly realise you're doing it all wrong. So um, we didn't actually. We basically had a, um, you know, so so the team we worked with, we worked with the ranger teams, but the, 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 the team that did the outreach was... Um, a team that had been set up with uh, um, as a result of the pandemic to do kind of outreach to vulnerable residents. Um, and so it was, a, it was the perfect team to, to, to do this kind of calls with. So they'd already been calling people, seeing if they needed you know, support with food or, or whatever. And so actually all we did was was go to their meeting, you know, explain what we were trying to do, um, which was, you know, the, the situation these people were in around council tax debt, um, and that we that we wanted to do a proactive outreach. And then and then we just said like just you know have a conversation with them, see if that, you know, um see if they want if they want anything that we can offer. And if not, that's totally fine. Um, and that'll be the end of the conversation. So uh, 
So, and I think people got that. That's the nice thing. That, that was the really nice thing about it. People were like, yeah, that makes loads of sense. I can just, you can just interact with someone. There's nothing I have to say. We can offer them help, see how the conversation goes. And if, uh, you know, if they say um, yes, we can put them through to, um, you know, again, if they can, if they can set up a payment plan, it'll go to, through to council tax. But if they, if it sounds like, you know, a lot of people had stories exactly as you'd expect of losing their job, um, that kind of thing, and where debts had built up to quite significant levels, again, we could pass them to our our kind of our team that supports um, supports people with debts. I think that's that's really interesting, isn't it? Almost that qualitative learning that came out really early on through those conversations with the um, the officers there, actually, rather than that scripted approach. To be clear on these are our outcomes. You guys know how to speak to residents. You do this every day, and they, you know, sort of carry on with it. And they felt empowered to be able to have that conversation rather than, as you say, maybe lots of training, lots of time, lots of detail which may not have added to the confidence or the clarity of those conversations, I think. And that's that's interesting for, for maybe future behavioural challenges the council would like to work on to take that, that approach forward, potentially. Uh, I, I definitely think so. And, and I think, you know, since joining a council, I've become, you know, increasingly interested in kind of relational working. It, it makes so much more sense. And, and, and if I'm honest, I think the behavioural science community probably doesn't pay enough attention to um, to it. So I think it's a really nice thing to kind of add into the mix. Um, having said that, um, you know, one of the things that I think we would consider in future is whether there are really specific, bit, just a couple of very specific bits of information to get across. Um, so not a script as such, but um, we may have even been too kind of, kind of light touch. So um, you know, maybe just make sure, um, ensure that, that they know that they're heading towards court, for example, or maybe that's something that would, you know, um, should feature as part of any, any of the conversation, just so people are fully aware of the, the what's going on in their life sort of thing. So the risk, I think we almost had the risk where it was a really nice chat and people and residents found it great and, and staff found it great. Um, but the only slight downside was sometimes I think people didn't quite realise how serious it was. Um, so I, I'm glad we're on that side, on that side of things, rather than being too harsh, because the whole point of it was not to be. But I think, yeah, as we as we move on, um, there is something about how we how we definitely include sort of um, stuff like that to make sure people are getting a full picture. So yeah, so that was the sort of that was the core, and you know, as as um, many of your um, listeners will sort of agree with we we wanted to um you know test test whether this approach um works because uh, you know that's what we have to do um especially in local government when money's so tight so so once we had that group of people we um uh we kind of split it in two and had um a group that we were going to contact and, and a group that we weren't going to contact and, and as i say these were people uh, at some stage so um they were they were headed um to to court so um so so yeah so what we did is, is is our residence conversation team um uh made the calls in about a week and so they um they attempted calls for i think around two just over 200 people 214 people i think um uh and so and these and i should just say that these are just numbers we had on our council tax system so a lot of people you know don't have numbers or have incorrect numbers um, and stuff like that. So there's always, you know, there's always quite a big, um, a big, a big drop off. Um, Is that phone but, numbers? So in terms exactly. of accurate contact numbers, 
exactly exactly so it's just you're just relying on um stuff that people have given you maybe a few years ago um so it's there's always a big drop off of the number of you actually managed to get get hold of so of 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 those um uh 200 we tried to reach we got through to about 32 percent sorry 32 percent so just uh, you know approaching 70 70 people um uh, which was which um which felt good because i think um you know, call, you know, random calls in the middle of you know your day. I think thirty percent felt okay, um, and um, the majority of the people that we spoke to um, were up for kind of talking about money. Basically, you know, again, you could imagine a world in which they say, "Just leave me alone." You know, you sent me lots of letters already. Why are you calling? But actually, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive. And um, and the vast majority of people said um, yes, and you know, it'd be good to have a conversation um, about that. Um, and um, now, one thing we did get wrong, that uh, was a clear lesson learned, is the um, uh, we didn't get the staff ratios between the, the people making the calls and the CalStax team quite right. So, as they were sending people over. They were almost too successful. They're sending too many people over, and then the, the counterattacks um, guys were um, uh, didn't have enough people to answer all the phones quick enough. So we actually lost a few people that had been willing to um, to, to sort of set up a payment plan in in our process, which was quite a big um, lesson learned. Um, but but where we got to in the end was that 40 um, of our residents. Um, uh, did speak to um, the council tax department and um, 30 of them end up making a payment or setting up a payment plan. So that's roughly 14% of um, all the people we uh, we called um, ended up making some sort of payment, um, which again felt felt kind of positive given that we've um, sent them lots of letters with with red ink and are, and are about to take them to court basically. So you'd have thought that you might have reached the end of the road and that you only have people who really aren't going to pay at that point. So, again, in my in my um, view, that felt um, positive. On that point around the unintended consequences of increasing that demand, and again, that is a, a lesson that you know everyone's setting up their own behavioural insights projects. It's one to be aware of, isn't it? That actually you may increase demand into a service um, through a really successful intervention. And 14%, I would say, is a very successful intervention, given that a lot of the nudges we see in local government, we're looking at a 2 or 3% either increase or decrease, depending on what we, we want to achieve. Um, so what was the lesson learned? And, and what would you do differently if you were starting that again with the benefit of hindsight? So I think that, you know, it was one of those things that was a kind of, um, it, it was difficult to avoid that because basically what, you're, what you're, your proposition to the council tax department is, are we going to try and get more people to, to pay? And they say, great. Um, and then you say, but can you have someone sitting by the phone for a week ready to take some calls from this team over here at just random points, basically? And they say, that's less. That's definitely less great. Um, and so we managed to do it. So we didn't have just people just completely idle on the council tax side. So they were they were ready to you know they were doing their jobs, but could take calls as they came in without you know kind of having to just do nothing. Um, but the the cost was we just did not have you know we had um, uh, you know the, um, the the rate they didn't have enough capacity. So we only had one of them basically. <laughs> So they would then have a 20 minute call where they had to set up a payment plan and reschedule the, the payments and all that kind of stuff. But in that time, 
the, our other team might have already tried to send someone through, and given that that person was on the phone, it was never going to go. It was never going to go. So um, the lesson learned was: if you've got tons of people in your council tax department who are, who are wanting to do this, have more, um, because the you know they will the council tax people will probably end up spending longer on the phone with the people than the than the than the than the outreach team so that's but but actually as we're you know we we're we're actually in the middle of our second pilot now which i'll talk about in a minute but the thing that um uh we're trying to do now is have the outreach come from the team we think is the right team first time so that um people who we think are going to be able to make a payment we'll just get a call from uh, or a text or a call from the council tax team straight away so there's no there's none of that um you know loss of people through the system and bouncing around the system which of course everyone hates and i totally understand but um you know it was sort of just what we had to do for this time so um yeah i think that would be that's where we're headed with that yeah to remove that friction from the process that yeah we just don't want to make we want to make it as easy as possible don't we for people so as as limited steps as we can exactly 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 it's, it's all about friction you know 25 percent of the people who said yes let's talk about money we lost in our in our phone system which is which is a terrible shame really so um exactly as you say it's, it's all about friction let's make it as easy as possible and because also it kind of detracts from from the whole kind of first call which is all like hey how are you doing want to help then being put through and being on hold and stuff very quickly you can see people being like oh you know that felt like a new approach for all of five minutes and now it feels like the usual kind of like you know call waiting uh, um to the council tax department which is which is a bit of a shame but 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 yeah as i say there are, there are ways to get you know ways to think about it differently i think um so so that all went um so 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 that was positive as i said so that was the the, the kind of immediate outcome of the people we called um as i said we 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 are um we wanted to measure it against a control group so we we took a look um at the at the sort of um payments made um in the control group as well and we did this and kind of straight after the trial, so one week after, and um, as well as kind of two months after the trial. Um, and the two months period was picked because that would have been at the point when everyone had been through court and whatever would have happened to court would have happened. So um, what we see um, one week after the trial is that the people we called were roughly twice as, as likely to have set up a payment or made a, made a payment. Um, than the people we didn't call. So it's identical sets of people, so that's really positive. Um, and then what we see at the two months after the trial is that gap has narrowed. So the court does make people pay. <laughs> um, and what we see is um, uh, around kind of 50% more um, people have made a payment in the, um, in the people out of the people we called than the people we didn't. So the gap narrows. But even two months after, once we've got all the, the court stuff done, um, the people uh, who we call are still significantly um, more likely to have made um, a payment, which is which is really positive. Um, uh, and then and and then what we wanted to do is sort of do a little bit of kind of like, well, you know, is that good? Is that value for money? Should we be doing more of it? Because um, uh, that's always a you know an important question. So. We did some back of the envelope type calculations for the for the cost of the intervention, and got to sort of just over about a thousand pounds for both the outreach um, and uh, and the the time of the um, uh, council tax colleagues on the on the phones. So you know um, definitely a bit of investment there, um, but um, looking at kind of um, 
uh, what that generated, um, it still feels like good value for money. So um, the the there's so basically people who got the call were again um, the amount of their arrangements. So if you look at the total arrangements made, so rather than so the, the numbers I just presented were numbers of arrangements. We also wanted to look at value of arrangements. Um, so if you look at value of arrangements, again, um, relative to the initial debt level, um, the people who we called were twice as likely to be paying, well, were paying off twice as much as the, of their debt um, as the people we didn't call, which is um, really great. Um, so that on its own, if, if everyone stuck to that payment plan in our situation, um, that leaves about £30,000 bought in for the council if, um, if they do. Um, of course, some people will default on those, on those, um, on those repayment plans. Um, but, you know, even assuming a, a 30% um, default rate, you're bringing in 20K, 50% default rate, you're bringing in 15K um, relative to the sort of 1K outlay, basically. So for an investment of the council in terms of staff time of about £1,000, you're seeing it in in the sort of worst case scenario, a 15 fold return on investment. Yes, that is the story so far, but there's a twist in the story. Oh, um, the twist. <laughs> Tell me more about the twist. So, so the um, uh, so to stick on the on the on the good news, um, the we we reduced the number of um, residents facing bailiff action. So again, around twenty five percent fewer residents face bailiff action who we called. Um, um, however, as I mentioned in the in the um, in the earlier section, court does make people pay, right? So sending people to court scares the hell out of them. Some people anyway. Um, and they pay. So when we look at um, the kind of two month after stage, there was um, a set of people who just clear their debts straight off, just pay the whole amount of money. And um, that, and it was more common for the people we didn't call to do that. So there's, so there's some, some sense of if you call them, they're like, cool, I'll set up a payment plan. Whereas if you just send them to court and give them the nasty treatment, they might just pay everything. So if, if, if I look at... Um, um, the treatment group, so that um, about 10%, so the bill we called 10% of all of them um, cleared their whole debt and um, you never have to sort of speak to them about that ever again. Whereas in the bill we didn't call, it's more like 15%. So um, a small but kind of important difference given that these are, these are, whole, these are huge clearances of, um, of, of money. So um, um, now, if you... Again, if you work it all out, and, and even with a re reasonable default rate, um, the treatment group will still end up paying more money back, um, but you have to wait for it. So that's the only thing that um, I think it's important for colleagues to to, to be aware of is that um, you know you know court will make some people just pay everything up front. Um, what's interesting is that we looked into some of those payments um, to and to see if we could like. If they were definitely sustainable and, and you can see like some people making those sorts of payments on their credit card not a lot of people but and, and again that that then suddenly doesn't feel like such a win for the council anymore because you're probably just pushing pressure into another bit of the the system so i think very positive um there is this thing of like you might get um more money straight away um but 
that there will likely be a cost to that of, of um, you know, people who maybe can't afford to pay that. And you've also put a lot of pressure on people who don't even do do make that payment um, anyway, basically. And I guess as well, there's the qualitative insights, you know, the insights around the barrier to that behaviour that you wanted to encourage, which is payment of debt. By having those conversations with local residents, you're understanding your local communities more and you're understanding where they're at and what is affecting their lives and, and we're understanding about the avoidance issue or is it something else so you're getting obviously the payments made but you know tell me more about those sort of insights that you would have gained through speaking to local residents about what was driving that behavior yeah that's exactly right so 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 uh, you know as much as this was um in part about let's talk to people that can afford to and and and, and bring money in you know the, that was not the sort of you know let's do that all costs it was always about um you know trying a different approach getting a better outcome for residents and also just establishing a different sort of relationship with our residents we are really keen to have a more kind of human conversational um, relationship with with our residents so um that we as i said in those calls we learned a lot of things about people which um made a lot of sense and we could help people so you know those sort of signposting and, and referrals and stuff which was great and and the, you know the interesting thing is we the, it wasn't even such a you know it wasn't even such an intense sort of um approach it was literally sort of just a, an extra chat so i feel like there's there's more to be had there and um what's what's interesting now is as, as i mentioned we're developing the the approach in our second pilot now um one of the things we're doing is is getting our um our colleagues that do offer debt advice to to just do straight call outs to people that look like they're struggling so again we can use our data to see if people have multiple debts to the council um that are quite large um, we can see if they've they've you know what sort of if they receive benefits if they've received a dhp um you know and and using that data you can then define a cohort that you think actually probably does really need debt advice and we're giving them um a call um from someone who can just um well in fact we're giving them a text say do you want debt advice and people are saying yes or no and then and then we arrange an appointment with them and what's really amazing about that is you know you basically people break down in tears because they say this is the first time that, that you know the council sort of taken an interest in what's going on why this is happening to me and you know why i'm not making payments or and you know it's it's really that's when you start realizing the power of this if you can find you know the people that do need this and and certainly not everyone does um you can start getting you know really targeted interventions and and, and doing some really serious helping because as i say we screened out you know there's enough people who haven't ever received you know discretionary housing payment and quite quickly so you could probably have one of those so you know and you know there's all sorts of things that you can then um, um offer so so there's 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 lots of little subsections within this group of people who owe money to the council and the better you can work out who's who the better you can can give them the, the service that's best for them. So it's those really targeted preventative interventions. Yeah. And it's the right messenger. So it's the right person from the council who can help them. And then there's the piece you're saying about feeling understood, feeling seen and heard by the council and helped at an earlier point. 
and and to be helped with that issue around avoidance of something that seems too big and scary whilst having a holistic understanding of what's going on for that resident and where they may be touching other services in the council through the data is is that a fair summary yeah, that's exactly right and i think i think your point on on you know messenger is really interesting so there's there's lots we've done around that and um you know you know for example we've tried to unhide our numbers um, we've tried to, um, you know, what we don't want to do is is call people and them instantly get the sense that it's the council and they want to talk about the debt, right? So, um, you know, our, our Homes and Money Hub, which is our, our debt advice service, um, has a really good relationship, has a really good um, uh, reputation in the borough. And, pe- and, you know, the funny thing is people give it very, very high plaudits and, and say, you know, you're so much more helpful than the council. The council's absolutely terrible. And, you know, and it's almost like we don't want to dispel that myth because they have such a good reputation now that it's like, great, well, let's let's um, let's work with residents using that that reputation. So, again, when we're making those calls, we can we can say it's the Homes and Money Hub. And then and that 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 feels like a group of people that are there to um, kind of support and listen, as opposed to, it's you know, the general council who people have a, you know, certainly the people who are in debt to the council have a less favourable um, view of. So, yeah, more than it's getting the, the debt recovery, but it's it's a wider offer of help and support than that, isn't it, as well? And can you just, like, in terms of that trial from start to finish, how long did it take, roughly? Just so other councils can think through, actually, where would that fit for us if we were to do something similar? Yeah, so... Um, the, that's a good question. So, you know, the the the, the intervention itself, i.e., calling people, lasted um, one week. That's all it was. Okay. Um, but then, you know, the then and then after that, it doesn't it doesn't need much input. You just have to wait, you know, a week and then two months, and then you need to just take a look at your look at your data and match the match the names of the people you've called against the payment rate so so that's not that's not a long time you can define those like how long after you want to measure it the planning in advance stage definitely does take a while um i'm just trying to think how long that would have you know what's a realistic um estimate to put on that but i think sort of like you know part part of quite a few people's time for sort of three months maybe two months if you want to be snappy would be a realistic estimate not that it needs not that it you know has to has to has to take that long but it's you know as you there were several teams involved in this you have to get your data lined up so you're ready to you know cut it quickly send out the messages you know that kind of thing um you have to get you have the services uh, the frontline services have to have capacity in that one week and so i'd say there's a lot of sort of it's not there's not you know it's a lot of kind of talking and getting people ready and working out some of those details is not, uh, you know, a lot of councils have this infrastructure in place already. So, you know, in theory, you could get it up and running very, very quickly if everyone was like, yep, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. But, you know, of course, you have to properly work with, you know, that, that's the other thing, a bit different bits of the council. So, you know, the, the council tax guys and the debt advice guys and the data guys and, um, uh, the you know, um, all those people working to kind of they have got their day jobs and so it's about finding a, a um making sure that whatever you do doesn't um make their lives really difficult basically and so you started talking about the second pilot that you're working on 
I think based on the results of the first of the first um, pilot, um, people were um, pretty happy with it. It felt like a, a really good, um, you know, it was, it was definitely um, value for money. Residents loved it. Um, uh, staff thought it was a, a good approach. So, so basically, the question is kind of like, let's let's do more. What does it look like? So, what we want to do, what well, what we've started doing um, is we designed approach with a, a few more teams, um, um, and and basically trying to reduce the amount of work we do for people who don't pick up the phone. So, so, so the first thing we do is um, uh, we first offer people's kind of support via text. And that can go kind of so we have kind of three routes for people based on what they what their kind of data looks like, right? So um, we have people who look like they need debt advice. Um, we'll go through a kind of our homes and money hub journey, so to speak, and that is basically a text saying, "Hi there, we noticed um, um, you know you've fallen in, um, in into this debt with a homes and money hub. If you want to call that debt advice, that's free. You know, let us know." And then if they say just they just text back yes, they they get an appointment. So that's the people that like them there. We then have a people who look kind of difficult to find, difficult to reach. Um, partly maybe they just don't even have a phone number on the system or an email address or anything, or um, you know partly because they've got lots of different addresses or things like that. So for for them we have a um, we work with our tenancy sustainment team. So that is a, a group of people who who work with our um, residents in social housing and who kind of support the support groups that are um, looking at risk of losing their tenancy. So I should say, so for those that has to be people in social housing, but but their bread and butter is going to knock on people's doors and saying, kind of, how's it going? Do you need, do you need help? So it's, so that's a, a kind of more, more intensive intervention. And then we have a lighter touch intervention as well, which is, which is simply um, uh, a, t a text followed by an email, just a text. And the idea there is, it's not the usual um, kind of uh, you owe us this, pay now kind of thing, but we really wanted to stress the get in contact if you feel like you can't pay. That Again, that's, that felt like a lesson from the first time around that people just didn't realise that the payment plan was an option and you kind of need to, to kind of push them into that. And so we wanted to start something quite light touch um, because the more light touch is the more you can give it to people, basically, the more, more coverage you can get. So we wanted to um, to test that um, as well. So so that's what we've done. We we you know defined these three three different groups, um, and and um, and and have a have a control group um, in, in each in each, and then um, and and we're putting them through that uh, each to those three um, pathways. And again, as I mentioned, um, uh, you know very 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 positive feedback on the from the debt advice um, from debt advice colleagues. Um, but we're we're running it for till the roughly the end of November, and at that point we'll we'll start having a look at what the the stats say in terms of um, things like um, payment rates and um, uh, you know people going to court and stuff like that. I think that's that's a really important point you raise around the depth of coverage of of it being a lighter touch intervention. You can get it further across the borough further across the local population and it's testing each of those isn't it to see which one uh, gets more coverage so okay so end of November you'll be looking to pull the results together for that one um, yeah yeah and and I think the thing the nice that also the nice thing about this the, about the kind of evolution of it is, is that I think I think the first the first time around we sort of had to make 
we had to be clear on the financial case as well as the supporting residents, better outcome for residents, more relational council stuff, right? That was, we definitely want that, but we definitely have to have the money. So we can't just have people, you know, messing around with council tax. You know, that was a sort of a bit of a, but, you know, having done the first part, I think people are much more open to, um, well, let's use, why don't we, why are we not using our, our whole council tax process as, you know, to partly to kind of support residents and, and, and get just better outcomes. Because that's what the council's there for, right? We're there to get better outcomes for our residents. And it doesn't matter how, if we if, if council tax, um, if our council tax process is a good way of identifying people that, for example, need debt and support, then, then great, let's do it. So it's been really nice to kind of move it on to, you know, let's use this as a proactive way to outreach people that need support. And, you know, fantastic if that support then ends, ends up in them um, paying off um, council debts, but but equally, um, you know, that that will be a good, you know, getting them debt advice when they need it is a good outcome in itself. Um, and I think, you know, we're, if this goes well, which I hopefully it does, we're very much thinking about, well, what does this look like within business as usual? How could we, you know, it's obviously, you know, we have um, 200,000 residents and roughly 100,000 house, households. So it's a lot of people. Um, but, uh, you know, what, you know, how do you, which groups do you work with? What's the capacity? And then exactly as you say, like, if we can get a light touch offer within this that a lot of people could access, um, then, then, then fantastic, because that's more people we can work with. Well, it's that sort of carrot versus stick approach, isn't it? Between, you know, the stick of enforcement, which costs a lot, is stressful with outcomes for residents, you know, let's say that that can be negative, even if it gets you that short term, the result you want, it's still the stick approach, isn't it? Whereas if we can go for more of the carrot approach of actually, how do we in a proactive way, work with people to help them to change their behaviour, maybe apply, you know, appeal more to their intrinsic motivation, not just the external threat of enforcement. That's a that's a really interesting place for the council to be doing this work with local residents in in a partnership, really in a collaboration. Exactly, 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 exactly right. So um, it, it does feel like um, you know it's a, it's about a collaboration. I'm sure, you know we are we would be dead keen as well to work with monetary sector colleagues are already thinking about some of our key key partners and, and how we can can bring this um, um bring them in so um yeah that's is that basically yes yes to all of that really yeah so what we usually do at this point tim and i think you'll remember this from the last time you were on the podcast is we're sort of bringing things to a close in our conversation um is to really ask you for for what are the top three tips that you would share with other councils who are looking to undertake behaviour change type activity in in relation to debt and debt services? What are those top three things that you're like, oh, I wish I'd known that at the start? I I guess, you know, if you're doing if you're doing outreach, there's always a question of, um, uh, you know, how are you going to have that conversation? So, the sort of nightmare scenarios you get the government knocking on your door and saying hello our you know our data says you need to talk to us kind of thing right and that's not the kind of thing we want to get up to so i guess one of them would be around um you know if you want to have a conversation with residents what's your basis for that so 
we actually found council tax to be a really good way to have a conversation with our residents about debt in general. Um, and even though it sounds, you know, if you frame that wrong, it's the worst conversation you can have because you're just adding to their debt problems. But if you if you say, well, look, we, we you know we noticed that you fell into um, council tax debt. Um, how's it going? Um, that that can open up a different set of conversations, and and that that can that can lead to kind of debt support. But also, you know, if you look, if we look forwards, um, as I say, our we have a single um, kind of front door in the in the form of um, community solutions. What what else? What else sort of conversations could that lead to? Um, so so that's one of them, I think. Sort of on what what why calling them what's a good reason to call them that doesn't feel scary and does feel helpful um think think quite carefully about that because it doesn't need to be you know you can call them for reason a council tax but have a discussion about item b which is debt or or anything else so so that would be you know i think just one lesson for, for me which is um mildly behavioral i thought just a kind of interesting one um, that, that i certainly took it took away from it um Two, I think we've sort of discussed already, which is around complexity. So, you know, I think, you know, in the in the the first one of these I did, I said, I think I said just get something done, get something off the ground. And I think that is critical and I stand by that completely. Um, but I think the thing we learn here that where um that may have not gone so well is this this sort of transfer between the two teams. So we added too much complexity into the process. Um, which led to, um, you know, we lost people who who wanted to speak to us, and, and that's a bit of a shame. Now, it's hard to know. I, I genuinely don't know if we could have done it in a different way because it's very hard for our outreach team to take council tax payments, and our council tax colleagues were, were very busy um, do, having incoming calls. So, but I just think there is something about you were talking about like friction. You, you know, when you're talking about making payments or debt advice or, or anything really um the amount of friction that you're putting into a system is you're going to get people falling out of it the more friction there is so um reduction of complexity reduction of friction um if you can be as aggressive as possible to to get that simple then i think absolutely everyone everyone wins from that i think the final thing is sort of you know what can your what can your data tell you? And it doesn't have to be perfect, but I think, um, you know, it's very interesting. Councils hold a lot of data on, on their residents and we talk a lot about um, prevention. Um, and I think my take on this is, um, you know, unless your preventative activity is ultra light touch and you can give it to everyone, you somehow need to whittle all your residents down into the group that you're going to offer some kind of support too. If we're talking about debt advice, debt advice. So the question is, who are you going to do preventative work with to stop their debt escalating? Now, there's different answers to that, and and but I think one of the one of the ones is is around what is the data you hold to identify the group that could benefit most, and it's not necessarily the most obvious thing. So it could be around you know levels of debt and stuff like that, but you could look at other things. Um, I, I don't know. As I said, we got quite interested in, you know, defining a cohort that we thought could use support based on the fact that they hadn't ever received discretionary housing payment. They'd never come and seen us for debt advice before. So, you know, little things like that can then help you think, well, these people might be the exact right people to do to do outreach to. So I think, you know, it doesn't have to be complex, but I think carefully about 
if we want to do prevention, um, what data do we have to kind of identify a cohort? And sometimes you might even say, well, actually, we need to change our whole cohort because the, the data we have is this. But then at least we know we, who we have and we can give them X, Y, Z, really. Brilliant three points, Tim. <laughs> always a pleasure to talk to you. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you so much for your time. And, and if I ask nicely, would you be able to um, provide the results of, of your second trial to us at the end of November? And we'll put get those written up and pop those on our on our website as a case study. Would that be okay yeah, to do that? It'd be great. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, concerned if it's all a total disaster. I might, you know, I might not show my face. But of course, being a good behavioural scientist, I will. I'll be very honest about what happened. And yeah, it'd be absolutely brilliant to uh, to get back. And, um, you know, since having done the first one, there have been quite a few people that have actually come and talk to me about about the, the work and stuff, which has been really good feedback. So, so yeah, be delighted to be back. Thank you, Rune. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Tim. Excellent to talk to you. Um, so there's another example, really a fantastic example of a behavioural insights project. Well, you've got two projects there, really, that you can try out in your council. So we've got more examples um, similar to Tim's there on our website. So if you go to www.local.gov.uk and search for behavioural insights, you'll be able to look at the case studies there and we'll get um, Tim's um, project written up and we'll get that onto, onto the website as well so you can see more and, and check out the results. So thank you so much for listening and please do share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and we will uh, see you again soon on the next episode of the podcast Nudges for Social Good. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Bye.